I hope it still turned out to be. He something looks like along a gremlin. It's crazy because it's terrible. But hang on, I would still prefer that Stitch over the current Sonic that we're gonna get. True. Oh, what well, the we don't know what he looks like yet. We'll see. We'll see. But yes, I would take that Stitch over it still. I just can't wait to tear it to pieces. You animal. Well, are you ready to get into this? Oh, that's right. You have notes. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I came prepared. Thank God. First time on a podcast, man. I'm gonna gonna come prepared. Well, we appreciate that. I mean, it's not a very good podcast, but we appreciate it. We appreciate you guys having me on. <laughs> Daniel, shut up. I'm having fun. It's a good time. Yeah, we're all having fun here. I'm having a great time. We talked yeah. about Star Wars for an hour and ten minutes. I am stoked. <laughs> yeah, that Mandalorian. That, that Mandalorian. I'm so excited to see that. Oh God, here we go again. I like what I've seen so far. <laughs> I'm getting I just... flashbacks. No, 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 we can't. We can't go down that I road. Know. We all gotta. Right. We already we went cover there. Some we other material we cleaned now. ourselves up, and now we gotta be all right, functional. All right, all right, here we go. Ready? <laughs> all right. Well, hey, welcome back here to part two. We're gonna get into some Hellboy talk here. So for this, we brought along a Hellboy expert. Uh, uh, expert's a strong word. <laughs> well, I would say it's I safe, like it a lot. Safe to say, you know a little more about Hellboy in the comics than Daniel and I. That's fair. We are the casual listeners, and you are the person that actually knows kind of what they're talking about. Right. right. I'm a, a big Mignola fan. Min, Mignola. Mignola fan. I even slipped up myself there in a second. I had a bad influence um, on you, and I apologize. <laughs> I'm a big Mignola fan. He's had a, a big influence on my artwork and uh, my outlook on comic books in general. So who is that um, exactly? He is, the, he is the writer and the artist for the Hellboy comic books. Okay. Yeah. He, awesome. uh, the storyline that they based this new... Hellboy 2019 movie on um, was drawn and inked by a different artist. It was uh, Duncan Fregretto. Um, but anything before that, anything after that was uh, was Mignola, if I remember correctly. Cool. Um, I guess when, when we start here, we'll start with our initial reactions of this new film. Kind of give us, what, if you, would you like to go first? Uh, no, I want to hear what you guys think first. Okay. Well, what we'll do, we'll kind of talk about our Hellboy history a little bit, which for me isn't much, but we'll talk about Hellboy history, what our anticipation going in the film was, and then what we thought of this movie briefly. So, would you like to kick it off, Daniel? I mean, yeah, I, I'm not an expert in Hellboy. My, my knowledge of Hellboy only stems from the Ron Perlman Hellboy movies with Guillermo del Toro. Um, which I actually rewatched the first one just to kind of get back into it since we already watched the new Hellboy. Um, so yeah, that's all I really know. I don't know, and I don't know how comic accurate they are. I that's just that's the Hellboy that I know. That's what I'm familiar with. It's just those two movies, and I haven't even seen either of those for years. I mean, I only saw the second one in theaters once. Yeah, I think those were oh four oh eight. Yep. But yeah, that's that's my entire Hellboy experience. Never even seen him in any other comics, not crossovers or anything, which I don't think he does many crossovers. No. I, don't know. I don't even know if there's cartoons out there of him. But what did so. you think of this movie going mm-hmm. in though? Were you excited for it? Kind of excited? There's some there's some cartoons. Uh, I think they're like YouTube series cartoons though. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, um I was pretty excited going in cuz I remember really liking the original Hellboy movies that they put out. And is I know everybody mourns the fact that Guillermo del Toro never got to make the third one, but you know I was excited to see this. Uh, David Harbor from Stranger Things uh, was in it, so I was excited because he seemed to be really excited about the character. 
Um, so I was looking forward to this. I thought it was at least at the very least was going to be a fun romp. And, you know, I kind of was kind of wasn't. I have mixed feelings about that. But overall, I think I enjoyed the movie enough. Yeah, for me, um, didn't know much about Hellboy. The first time I ever saw Hellboy was when the first Ron Pullman movie came out in 04. Saw it in theaters. And for some reason, I never got around to seeing the second one. So I've only seen the one, and I don't think I've seen it since theaters. So I meant to watch both of them before this one and just didn't get around to it. Yeah, so as far as anticipation for this one goes, uh, yeah, you know, I was, I was kind of excited that they were making a new one. They were starting over. To, yeah, there wasn't going to be a third one with uh, Del Toro at the helm. But, you know, it was still kind of exciting. You know, All right, we'll see what happens with the new director and everything like that. And when they cast... Um, David Harper as as Hellboy, I got pretty excited about that because I love him in Stranger Things. So I'm like, all right, I, you know. And then I was like, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I think he would actually make a pretty damn good Hellboy. Needless to say, I thought he did. I going into this movie, I remember they put out that first trailer that wasn't all that great. Yeah, but the Red Band trailer is what brought me back into. Then being they yeah, re- released a better cut Red Band trailer, and that looked pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, I didn't have super high expectations going in, but. Yeah, I was still looking forward to seeing it. So I saw it this last weekend, and I got to say my overall thoughts are I thought I really did like um, Harper in the role. I thought he was great. I love Hellboy in general as a character. Like, I just think he's a really cool character. Yeah. Uh, the action scenes were pretty good for the most part. A lot of fun. Overall, the story was meh, it was okay. I think it could have been a lot better. I think it could have been paced a lot better. Could have been paced a lot better, yes. So... Yeah, I would say overall, like, fun movie, but story could have been a lot better. But good acting as far as the uh, new casting of Hellboy goes. Yeah. Connor, what about you? <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, <clears throat> there's so much that I have to say about this this film. Um, I would like to start off with my casual viewer, um, casual moviegoer experience uh, coming into this movie. Um didn't really pay a lot of attentions to the um, the trailers coming into it. I don't want to spoil it for myself too much, so I, I avoided seeing too much of the trailers or paying attention to them much. After seeing the movie, my initial reaction was still just excitement that they had brought Hellboy back for another movie. Whether it was a finish up of the the, the Guillermo del Toro, de, de, Jesus Christ, Guillermo del Toro series of the movies, or um, whether it was uh, a reboot, um, I was just excited that Hellboy was back on the on the big screen. Um, a lot happens in the movie. So much happens. So much happens. Um, and I think it just flustered me. So I came out with a pretty positive opinion of the movie all around because I, I was just, I got caught up in it. It was so much going on so fast. And um, in hindsight, <laughs> not nearly as good as I, uh, I originally thought. It was starting <laughs> to poke a lot of holes in it for myself. So many holes. Um, plot holes... Um, right. I mean, just writing holes. The writing it, was very hammy. Uh, it was. It, hammy. it really was. The CGI was. <laughs> I'm 
I'm not going to say awful, but mediocre. It was hit or miss. There were I, a few that you looked like you were watching like a video game from like 10 years ago. Okay. Are we are we going full spoiler on this? Not quite yet. Not, not, no. not yet. Okay. Not we're quite still going yeah, We'll keep it spoiler free for at least a little bit. Oh, wait. I'm trying to remember what was in the trailers. Because like I said, I didn't pay too much attention to the trailers. So I guess I just won't say anything specific about the movie. Okay. Um, so far. But um, wait, you kind of go... So you've had a few days to think about it, right? Now, now that I've had a, a not, the few high has kind of come down to, a little bit to to gestate, um, to really digest. But you've it. got more history than we do with the character because you're talking. You know, you you love the writer, right. the I've, creator. I've read so many of the books, um, and so, I just I really have a feel for the mood that um, Manola has pushed onto this character, and I think. Even the Ron Perlman series didn't even do him justice. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, Hell Hellboy as a as a character, he's he is sarcastic at times. Um, I do like a sarcasm. Yeah, but when it's kind of more in more appropriate times in the books, anyways. Um, but he's very moody, very. Um, introverted very uh he doesn't connect with people or you know he's he's got the sensitivity for kids like he does in in all the movies like he doesn't ever want to see a kid get hurt or anything of that nature which is he's got that human sensitivity it's been probably yeah what 15 years since the first one came out the one scene i do remember still is him sitting on the rooftop with that kid just having a conversation yeah, I, I yeah. yeah, I watched that. The kid, and then his his love of cats. That's always a fun. That's uh, what I was gonna ask. Cause in the yeah. in this new one, no cats are mentioned. When I went back and watched the first one, one of the oh, big yeah. things they mentioned at the very beginning is like he loves cats, and he's oh, got yeah. like ten cats. Yeah, he loves <laughs> oh, cats. Uh, in the so kind of like Freddie Mercury. In the <laughs> yeah. comics, they don't. Um, there's not a lot of places where they actually show him like keeping cats as pets. Because he moves around too much, he's always out investigating, and because he's a paranormal researcher, right? Cat, cat and I, are so I think expensive. that's one of the biggest um, distinguishing factors that they don't uh, really bring up a lot in these movies is that he's not a superhero. This isn't a superhero movie, and they play it up and they design these movies like it's a superhero movie. Like, this this newest movie, they kind of played it up like it was going to be a Deadpool movie. Deadpool's an anti-hero. Right. Hellboy could be considered an anti-hero, except for he's not a superhero at all. He's just a paranormal investigator. And I think that's part of it. They're trying to, like, use the hype train of superhero movies. Right, cause that's the right. It's, it's the flavor right of the week. Mm-hmm. It's it's what everybody's into. It's what everybody loves. They're, they're all on this train of... Um, comic books being brought to the big screen. And this is not the comic book for that format of movie. It's just not. It's a much darker, um, pulp, noir kind of comic book. And I think it deserves that kind of treatment on the big screen also. I think yeah, because back when the first one came out, what did we have around then? We had X-Men, Blade... Spider-Man 1, at least, maybe 2 by then. And I remember, I think Spider-Man 2 had actually come out that same year, 04. 
Yeah, I remember thinking this kind of reminded me more of kind of the Blade world. Kind of darker. Right. Right. Just getting into that paranormal and... He's so cool as a character, though. Like, I would say my favorite part of this whole movie is just him as a character. Like, I thought Harper nailed yeah. the role. I thought he was a good yeah, replacement no, for Roman. I absolutely agree with you on that. I think David Harbour was fantastic in that role. He's got that kind of... Um, that It's almost like a lazy drawl that he brings to the voice of Hellboy that mm-hmm. I think um, is a... It represents the character, in my mind anyways, a little bit better than Ron Perlman's take on Hellboy was. Um, I think the writing killed it, though. What what Harbour brought to it really did the character justice, but the writing... Didn't do anybody's justice. No, because the story was a little all over the place. I liked things I was seeing. Like, I loved... um, Mila, Mia Jovovich as the Blood oh. Queen, or Blood Queen, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Nimue, Nimue, the Blood, the Blood Queen. She was awesome. I thought. Yeah, I liked, no, and I liked I'd... the sporting cast around him, like um, that gal that he in the apartment that was about the, to shoot uh, his balls off. Yeah. <laughs> I forget, yeah, like, but yeah. she's like a um, not a seer. Uh, she's a she communes a spirit, with the dead. Spirit medium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I liked her. Which was very alarming how she communed with the dead. <laughs> that but, was freaky yeah. as hell. That was very, very comic book centric. Was uh, it? Yeah. The way that it comes out of her mouth in that gross because it's like it's like ectoplasm. Yes. Yeah. Cause I mean, material. like when they were I mean, it's gross. T- before it happened in the movie, like Every other movie I've seen is like, okay, so her eyes are going to like light up and she's going to speak in a weird distorted voice, something right. like that. But then it just <laughs> shoots out of her mouth and I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And it's all like the person that's coming out of her mouth is all rickety and like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's disturbing. Yeah. It and she like warned a, that guy before I, it happens. And it, yeah, it was ben, like, it reminded me of like Dymo. a skinned snake or something like that. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of, it was, it was yeah. She warned Ben Zymo. She was like, it, it's ugly it's, genie coming out it of a gets lamp. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. And when I was, when I was watching the movie, one of the things that I was like bothered by when I was watching was like, I liked like what, what I was telling myself was like, I liked the first series better. Cause like you, there just starts out and they're a team and it's, good to go and we're having fun and then i when i went back to watch it i'm like oh the first one actually has a very slow start with ron perlman like they kind of have a team but it's him and abe sapien and then the fire girl which i remembered in my mind just like always there she wasn't even like on the team to like way late in the movie yeah no so like it's Though it was kind of nice to like, because the thing I was comparing it to, like holding it up on a pedestal to watch it, I'm like, okay, this isn't aged as well as I thought it did, and it wasn't as amazing as I remembered it being. Right. So, See, and that's um, kind of sad because I want to go back and watch them. <laughs> I think that's one of the biggest setbacks, um, besides. <laughs> okay, I can't even say the biggest setbacks, but just one of the setbacks of this movie is that. Um, most of what people know about Hellboy is from the first series, the the Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman series. And 
I really, I really wish they would have just handed off what little budget they had for this new movie, just given it to Del Toro, Del Toro, so that he could just make his third. Unfortunately, well, he's, everybody he's on from the those other movies. Now. Yeah. He's on the women getting on with fish man. <laughs> the Abe Sapien origin story. Grinding <laughs> Nemo kind of stuff is what he's into now. <laughs> yeah, but I, I lost my train of thought. I'm just there's so <laughs> many things that I want to say. Um, what was the point that you just made? What was I even talking about? I don't know what to talk about. Oh God! All right. Anyways, just, oh, oh, just, uh, well, I just saw. Well, you were oh, like, oh, like, looking at the I was saying, the taking the budget. series with like rose-colored glasses yeah, and realizing, yeah. oh, it isn't quite as good as I remember it being. Yeah, that's right. And the I pedestal was, has kind of lowered. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to make the point of uh, what what everybody knows is just the the you know Del Toro and the the Perlman series of it, and like even that, um, Mike Mignola appreciated what del toro had brought to his character and to his his story in those movies but they certainly weren't you know his his character 100% they were a del toro rendition of his characters right and that's kind of what del toro does is he's like this right. is cool but i'm going to put my right. own spin to it and yeah he, he takes does. an idea and he makes it his own and that's I mean, you have to do that. So you it's kind of the Ryan Johnson of the Hellboy series. Yeah, you you can't take a comic book and just throw it up on a screen and expect it to turn out. It's just it's a different medium. Uh, it it wouldn't translate. So it makes sense that changes needed to be made. Um, but it's just um, I don't think that the character needed to be changed as much as it was in order for it to be a successful story. I really don't, and unfortunately, um, that's all people see of Hellboy, or all people know of Hellboy, because most of the people out there who like Hellboy are not going to take the time or the money to go out there and buy all the Hellboy comics like I have, right? <laughs> and read them all. So, unfortunately, all they get is the movies. Cause right. And that's just kind cheap. of a symptom of like what we're living in right now, because... Most people who like love the Marvel Cinematic Universes aren't reading all the comics for all these characters. Right. They're just what I mean, they know is what they've seen in the movies and maybe picked up a few here and there. Right. And I mean I'll I'll admit I I judge the the MCU quite a bit for its its flaws. Um but you and me both. <laughs> there's there's no way I'm gonna go out and buy four thousand comic books to get myself caught up. On oh, all especially this, comic all books for a single it's, issue cost like four dollars. Yeah, no, there's uh, it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah, I don't know if it's still out there. The I remember, um, I but saw I'm still gonna judge it. Like, I think it's like a Best <laughs> Buy back in the, this is like ten years ago. They had up until like 2005 every Spider-Man comic on a disc. That you could buy and just read on your computer screen. Well, now you just pirate oh. those in a PDF. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, don't do that, but kids. Like, but also, if you don't have four dollars, support your per artists. Fifteen pages. Um, maybe su- do it. Su- support your artists. <laughs> support your local artists. Yeah, and give those give those little guys a shot because they got some wild ideas in their head, and I love to see those on paper. Just like indie comics. Indie comics, yeah. Image. Yeah, go. Oh, Buy some image comics. Which also, I mean, we keep kinda... buying Dark Horse though, because Dark Horse has got some. And we shit. actually something that I wanted to hit on good shit is we have a unique kind of 
which it's kind I can say unique, but it also also makes it like completely bland for us because we actually live in the city that Dark Horse Comics was founded in and their headquarters are in. And Dark Milwaukee, Horse Comic, Oregon. Yeah, and Dark Horse yeah. Comic publishes <laughs> Hellboy, so it's kind of like it's like essentially it's kind of like a local legend. Right. But it's like it, also we don't kinda... really know about we don't really realize it until like somebody out of town is like, oh my god, Dark Horse Comics, and we're like, oh yeah, it's yeah, it's hard for us to know how big of a deal it is because <laughs> my uh, my mom growing up, my mom used to cut hair in a small um, salon just across the street from Dark Horse. And so I would, uh, after school, I would meet her there at her salon, um, wait for her to, to finish up her haircuts and then take me home. But I remember on my way from the bus stop after getting off of school, going over to the, the Dark Horse comic headquarters, and they have this huge like four-pane window display where they had this giant predator get yes. up in this alien mask. Oh my gosh, I love that. It was Well, no, that's like li- life-size sweet. predator, life-size oh, alien. Yeah, life-size. Oh my gosh. They still have that. Yeah, they still have it there and I I was looking up at that thing just going, "Wow, look at all that detail. This think, is the coolest thinking of my, freaking my thing." Grandma, like, and I'm oh like, "Oh my god, I hate that place so much. Like it just uh, totally takes away from the downtown Milwaukee area. It just it's oh, so I loved ugly. it so much." I'm I like, "Grandma, what are you talking about? Day. Those things are awesome." Like Man, it's like life-size xenomorph it's, and predator. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. I loved it. I would stop by it every day and just stare at it for like five minutes. Just like, wow, that is so cool. Look at all the detail in that. And then, you know, every once in a while, they'd put up some new posters for some new comics they were working on or, you know, some new artists they were introducing to their writing staff. And it was just so cool. So cool. But I never really realized how big a deal it was. Because it was just kind of like, it was right across the street from the local right comic there. shop. So it was just kind of like this this indie comic joint right across the street from our local comic shop. Like, wasn't a big deal. Until, you know, now I'm I'm older and I'm looking back on it. I'm like, oh my God. Like Literally a stone's throw away from a legendary comic publisher. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's Dark Horse. Like, just the names that come out of that place, it's... It's crazy. It's crazy. I we I've, we've been absolutely blessed to be so close to. That's how I feel about Breakside Brew. Such a crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. blessed. Yeah. To be so close. <laughs> I know it's just so. Yeah, I mean. It, but but you're but you're right. Your original point. You're right. It it does make it a little bit. Um, vanilla for us because we kind of just live next to it day to day and we don't. We're not in constant realization that we live right next to Dark Horse. Right. So when someone brings it up from out of town, they're like, oh, my God, that's Dark Horse. It's right there. We're like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, like it that's is right. right there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like not something that you like stands out in our minds anymore. Yeah. So same thing I do with hiking trails around here. People come into town and like, hey, where do you go hiking around here? I'm like, uh, <laughs> fucking anywhere? I, don't know, I have no idea. I don't know. I, I just just put some shoes on and start walk walking outside. Somewhere. And you're hiking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, the so things yeah. you take for granted because yeah, they're all coming from Arizona, Arizona, California, and there's yeah. like, man, it's so green out here. It's so awesome, trails and everything. And I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah I mean, cool. literally, just put your shoes on, wait for a break in the clouds, and start walking. And yep. that's a hike. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, you could hike anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Hiking for me is going and getting the mail, because it's a little <laughs> steep <laughs> yeah, hill. No on your street. Mm. Yeah, so, I don't know. So, that's like... I don't know how in-depth you guys want to go on this movie right now. I, I took some notes. I did a little... Um, little dive into some of the books that I have that I knew were well I'm not I'm enjoying just hearing your background on the character because like again it sounds like Daniel too like I just know nothing about this character very much I all I've seen is from the movies that I've seen and I I, as a character I really like him I like what I've seen so far I like the Ron Perlman uh, iteration and I really like the David Harper one I thought he did a really cool job it was cool to see him outside of something because I love him in Stranger Things which is cool to see him outside of that too yeah, and to be honest, I'm really disappointed. This movie didn't. I'm disappointed in two things. That one, it just wasn't as good as it could have been, and I'm disappointed they didn't make any money because now they can't make a better sequel because they probably won't. Although it had a 50 million dollar budget, it's probably barely going to make that back. Right, which is not a lot. They haven't opened it up overseas though, so we'll see. Yeah, because you have a 50 million dollar <laughs> budget. I'm guessing they spent. I'm guessing they spent maybe 25 or so on advertising. Maybe another 50 on advertising. So it's got to make at least 100 million to get in the green. But yeah, overseas, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it had a very, very. I mean, it opened up third place this weekend. It opened up behind a movie called Little. Ooh, that's oh, that's bad. Yeah. Damn, I don't even know what that movie is about. So. Yeah. It's garbage. That's how bad it is. <laughs> it's big in reverse for the new generation. <sighs> Jesus. It looked bad. Anyway, that's not back good. on track. So, yeah, at yeah, this point, I see, and I don't know if that just means there's just not that many fans of Hellboy in general, because you'd think all these superhero movies, I mean, Shazam's well, I mean, making money. But it was also panned. Like, it has like a 20 some percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the audience. That. And usually if you can at least go to the audience score, but the audience score is also really bad, too. It was in the 50s, 60s. It's, I, this movie, it. Okay. But I think we're on the same page. That it just wasn't. Between, great. The, between the CGI, which was awful. Just awful. CGI was so bad. Um, I did like the scene where he envisions were, himself. He hands the sword and envisions himself destroying everything. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if this is spoilery or not because I. I don't know if it was in the trailer. If it is spoilery, oh, we saw the CGI. You guys the can cut it out. Okay. <laughs> but well, why? Why don't we? When, just, well, we've kind of given our initial thoughts. Why don't we just go into spoilers now? Like it, everything from this point on could be potential spoilers. So if you're interested in seeing the movie and haven't seen it yet, go check it out. Right. Otherwise, yeah, continue to listen. But yeah, we're going to go into spoilers right now. Honestly, though, I don't think that us telling you anything about specifically what happens in this movie is going to spoil the movie for you. Because the movie spoils itself. The Giants. um, When he's fighting the Giants in the field, it looks like the entire time he is running while standing still. Like, he's just lifting his legs up and down and pumping his arms. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> Running on a treadmill yeah. in front of a green screen. Yeah, it, it looks What's also sad is that this is one of the and... better fights in the movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, it, just, I had that in my likes as far as scenes I liked. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was kind of fun watching him take on all the giants. Yeah, it was entertaining. I just wish they didn't try so hard to make it such a dynamic... You know, changing the angle that the camera was at, moving it around all over the place, kind yeah. of, kind of scene, because it just didn't need all that. 
it just needed I mean it was fun. It was fun, but the CGI yeah. they couldn't keep up with it for what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah. And it just turned out corny. And I it just detracted like, from just, the CGI. We situation. live in the day and age where you should not have bad CGI anymore. Right. The exactly. days of Mummy Two, but, Scorpion King are over. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's almost should be over. What it brought me back to was like, holy shit, this is almost Scorpion King bad. Like that's <laughs> wow. Like it really detracts from the movie. Not that the writing I mean, didn't. We're, we're in the age of <laughs> Kurt Russell <laughs> from 1982 is in a Guardians movie. We're in that age now. Right. So, right. Yeah. We should be able to pull off some basic fighting some giants stunts. Yeah. It's not. I mean, Lord of the Rings sorry. from 01, 02, 03 still hold up, I think. Oh, right. But I they mean, used, relied heavily on practical effects. Well, they, they which did. Right. Also, right. when still something I was realizing is. Especially Guillermo del Toro is notorious for this, but practical effects and practical monster oh, yeah. effects. Yeah, which they did not utilize. No, they. In this it new was movie. more CGI than anything else. Ugh. I mean, I think the only constant Ugh. practical effect was Hellboy. Even, right, like you said, like they right. CGI, right? But him not in that. even entirely him, right. because his arm, the right hand of Doom, his arm, the right. stone one, closed fist. For eighty percent of the movie, doesn't use it for anything. He just uses it as a sledgehammer. Yeah, that was one thing. He I uses it to punch out bad guys. I was eyeballs, surprised how little he giants. used his right arm. But yeah, he didn't use it for anything else except for just smashing things. Which I also, which I mean, is what it's good that's, for. That's good, but yeah. he doesn't grab anything with it except for like a tree limb once, I think, and yeah. it looked heavily CGI'd. Yeah, that's something I was one of my like dislikes for this whole movie, especially like it's impossible not to compare it to what came before. And right. personally, exactly. still I think it holds up that the character design for Ron Perlman, how his actually looked like a stone fist. Yeah, and he used it. You could see when he was moving around fighting bad guys, it was opening, closing. It was a part of him. Right. And in this new one, it didn't even look stone. It looked like weird, like metal. Yeah, yeah. And it, I didn't it, like. The texture I didn't like was the look changed. Of it. Yeah, it was hexagonal instead of round, which was an interesting style choice. Yeah. Um, I mean they they made a a lot of interesting choices in this movie, and they I definitely went for the R rating. I mean, a lot of gore in this one. It, yeah, but it came in in weird swaths. <laughs> in the right. movie well like, a lot of it just felt like we want to show you gore for the sake of gore and just, right like just to justify our rating right. right that and so that we could drop the f-bomb you know 25 times in a five minute period with Gruagash, the the pig man oh, yeah. by the way not happy with the choice that I they was calling him, him into I was calling him bebop, bebop the whole time yeah not, oh, yeah. not happy that they turned him into bebop because that's not who he is <laughs> Okay, I he, he was a, I have him on my likes too. I actually enjoyed watching him. Like he I, cracked me up for whatever reason. Like I mean, he was he was, funny. he was funny. He was funny. I liked him as a character, but I don't like that they made him this but massive like, hulking. I'm like, this is what like, Bebop should look like in Ninja Turtles competition too. to Hellboy because that's never what he was in the comic books. He in the comics pro- books, he's this shriveled up, skinny little piglet oh, that really? is like, yeah, he's just scratching constantly at a chance of redemption still after Hellboy you know shirked him off of his fairy duty 
pretending to be right. a baby. He he was shamed by Hellboy. And then he was he was basically doomed to a life of shame after that. He never becomes this big hulking competition for Hellboy, except for at the very end when Nimue grants him some powers. Okay. To fight him for a minute. To be a champion for a minute. Right. But then he shames himself again and she shrinks him back down and he's this shriveling little fucking piglet dude. I mean, and that's kind of what happens in the movie. Right, right, except for she just shrivels him up till he fucking pops, which was weird. interesting. I was just waiting like, for him to, her to make him like tiny and then just stomp on him or something. Right. It would have been just as easy to shrink him down into a shriveling little piglet dude and then send him running out the church doors instead right. of having him explode because now he's not a usable character anymore. Whereas he, you could use him again. True. He's a character that and I wouldn't mind if they enjoy. did a Hellboy 2 to a sequel to this one, I wouldn't mind seeing him return. I, right. I personally liked his character. I thought he was right. pretty, yeah. again, entertaining, funny. Right. People clearly enjoyed him as a character, except for when they they tried to use him as a justification to use their R rating, where they just had him saying dropping the F bomb every you know other word for the sake of it. It was unnecessary. It wasn't it wasn't needed. Um, just like a lot of other. Who a lot of other things. Who was his friend? The uh, uh, I don't want to call him a cop, but the, the guy that turned into a tiger. Oh, uh, Ben Dymo was his character name. Yeah, I kind of um, like. I like their relationship. Their back and forth were kind of fun. Yeah, they Especially, were fun. I did. did I enjoyed that. I think there should have been some more character development. I did, on I did him like the part because sure, like, he's interesting. Who are you calling a monster? You looked in the mirror lately. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And that's one thing that. Again, revisiting the last ones, I liked the one-liners in this a lot in the the current one, the rated R one, a lot better. Like there were quite a few that made me laugh. Um, yeah, I, I chuckled. Which a few I don't times. know, but that's again like I don't know if that's part of his character in the comics or not. Like I just remember like it was kind of like some one-liners here and there in like the Guillermo del Toro, but like there's a few of them that got me laughing quite a bit just with the, <laughs> like, like the capricorn one yeah like i don't know if we're gonna work out because you know i'm a capricorn and you're fucking nuts yeah that was funny which uh, that one was in the unfortunately is, that one was in the trailer yeah yeah it's funny because he's not actually a capricorn he just says capricorn <laughs> because the capricorn sign is a goat oh really with okay. the horns okay that's, that's why he made oh, that joke that's funny okay yeah. that's awesome so a little 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 fun bit there inside for inside baseball yeah but yeah no i like there were some fun ones like i liked when he was talking to baba yaga which was crazy oh, gross my favorite scene in the entire movie was the baba yaga scene okay absolutely well the the witch the, uh, the, the witch, witch lady that was missing the eye Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, you yeah. know, that licks the crap out of oh his face. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, cool. yeah, in the, the chicken leg house. Yeah. Yeah, that is a, that is a classic Russian folktale. She right. was interesting. Oh, my gosh. Which, I yeah. mean, I felt pretty, you know, like, up on my stuff when I saw the chicken legs. I'm like, Baba Yaga's house. Mm-hmm. Know what's going on. Yeah, no, uh, that but, is, that's classic. You see that in, uh, oh, what other movies do you see? You see it in Anastasia. You see a Baba Yaga, I think. Do you? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, maybe it wasn't Bobby. No, no, it's Bartok the Magnificent, which is that little white bat that's in Anastasia. Right. Which also, yeah. did they, did, um, in the beginning of this one, which also, like, the origin story for 
Hellboy change from the Ron Perlman in this one. Like, one, the lobster. Mm. <laughs> what the hell was that guy? What, and, what the hell was that guy? That's then, a good question. And then two. <laughs> hey, that was Tom well, saying church. It's just like. Okay. I First thing I got to say is I, I love Thomas Hayden Church. I love him. I think. Yeah, I, I was excited to see him. I haven't seen actor. him in years. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Thomas Hayden Church. Awesome. Right. And I, I think. I think he was a little much. For the lo- <laughs> for the lobster Johnson role, he was a little much for the for the hear Nazis feel my claw role. He might have been even a little bit too much. One one thing that's kind of strange. So his dad's supposed to be around during the birth of him, or you know, finds him right, right. But yet we're taking place in the present time. Yet World War Two is how long ago? Right, right. Which uh, Ian McShane does not make sense for this role because any book, right? Um, it the Ron Perlman movies got that right. Yeah, the guy where, was old as crap, right. almost about to die. He w- he was like ninety years old, which was accurate. Like he should be dying. He should be dead. He should be decrepit. Right. Because all that his stuff. Dad, his dad looked like he was like 65, maybe. Right. But like he looked like he was in War great II. shape. It's um, like, what? I mean, I, I have a few complaints about the And so that's what I was wondering. Like, situation. is this supposed to be taking place like 30 years ago? But no, I think that's, it is supposed well, to be. Well, that was something else that I'm just like, it didn't quite, a lot of the time, the movie didn't quite seem like it was modern day. Right. But which maybe that's kind of the ambiguity that they're going for. But then like the end scenes when people are just like running through the streets and terror, I'm like, okay, this looks like it took place yesterday. Yeah. Clearly present day. Like that armored vehicle they had present day. Clearly the gun present day. Clearly. So I've, I've got a couple things to touch on just as far as, uh, uh, I guess comic book accuracy because it frustrates me. Um, you see interviews from, from Mike Mignola and from from various other people, um, saying that this this new movie, they're excited about it because it's more comic book accurate. Right, I see that. I see it is more comic book accurate. There's a lot more. I wouldn't say more comic book accurate. I say there's a lot more information from the comic books being slammed into it. Without it being necessary. I don't think a lot of it needed to be there. The origin story, if you read the uh, Seed of Destruction, which was the the origin story book for Hellboy, um, the American soldiers and the Nazis, they never see each other. There's no combat between the American soldiers and the Nazis. Uh, Lobster Johnson was not there. Um, it was a character called the Torch of Liberty. But the problem with introducing him in the movies is that he was on a one-time loan to Mike Mignola to use for the sake of the Seat of Destruction book. Oh, so okay. they he couldn't use the Torch of Justice again, or the Torch of Liberty again, excuse me. Um, so they decided to go, because they wanted that pulp hero... Um, that Pope Hero presence in that bit of his origin story. So they decided to throw Lobster Johnson in there because anytime 
um, you see Hellboy referring back to any kind of um, pulp story from his childhood. He always brings up Lobster Johnson because it's his favorite character, and okay. you see that in the the post credit scenes. Which Clearly, yeah, I mean, he's a huge fan. I did, <laughs> which was hilarious. That was one thing I did appreciate. Like Lobster Johnson, like when I watched that, I remember looking over and just like, what the fuck is that guy doing? Because <laughs> that guy <laughs> yeah. wasn't. Like, and I almost missed that, so yeah. I watched part of the uh, credits and everything with like everybody's yeah. names introduced, and I'm like. I didn't hear anything about it having credits, uh, post credit scenes or mid credit scenes. I'm like, all right, well, I got up and left. And I'm walking out of the theater, and all of a sudden I hear a voice, and I'm like, like, whoa, oh, back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I that post credit scene, that yeah. that, <laughs> was that was pretty great. I just funny. loved like, so, you want to see the claw? Yes. yes. So wait, was there was... one at the very very end of all the credits? There were two at the end of the movie. Oh shit. Yeah. So okay, the... so I saw the mid credit one, and I figured that was it. Which was the mid, was the Lobster Johnson one the second one? That's no, he was at the what he was crying at the grave of the first. Okay, one, okay, so that would be the first one. Yeah, and then the second one was Baba Yaga speaking to <laughs> an quote unquote unknown um, individual, where she's trying to encourage to go take out Hellboy and get that eye for her. Right. Um, oh, shoot, I missed all that because some time ago in you know, story lore. Um, Hellboy had shot one of her eyes out because she's an asshole and she deserved it. Right. Um, <laughs> as you do as a mid-century yeah. witch. Right, right. Um, so at the end of this movie, um, Hellboy does promise her his eye uh, during the movie, but then he goes back on it saying, hey, you didn't specify which time I needed to give you this eye, so I'm just going to leave now and not give you my eye. Um, she's obviously pretty pissed about that. So at the end of the movie, the end credits, you see her, or don't see her, you just see her talking to this uh, this voice, um, promising that she will, um, she will free him. Um, she will finally end his life if he can uh, bring Baba Yaga back Hellboy's eye. Only person that I know that that could be would be Koshai the Deathless. Koshai the Deathless is a fun character. He's got a couple of his own books. Um, he is another... Ooh. I'm having a hard time remembering where his folklore is from. But he's a, he's a legit folklore from... Um, you know, some old pagan stuff. But uh, <laughs> he... Um, he gets killed at some point. He's a soldier and he gets killed. I believe it's, um, yeah, he gets killed and he gets dragged out into a forest and he's cut up into little bits and then a dragon finds him oh, and puts fine. him back together and brings him back to life. Um, I'll see a dragon in these. It, yeah, he, uh, he looks like a man. A dragon that looks like a man, but he can transform into a dragon. Really, really interesting book. Really good read, but um, so he brings Koshai the Deathless back to life, but he restores his his mind and his body, but he keeps Koshai's soul, and that's what makes it so he can't die. And that's what makes him so he can't die. So his body can be damaged, whatever, just gets put back together. Um, 
And then Koshai doesn't know this for a long time. And then finally he just, you know, discovers all this, comes back to the dragon. And he's like, what's going on here? The dragon's like, I, I did this for you. So you continue to live. Um, here's your soul back if you want it. And so what Koshai does is he takes his soul and he hides it. Oh God, I forget the order. Um, <laughs> It's okay. We can't penalize you because we right. don't fucking know. Yeah, we have right. order. So right, but for yeah. for listeners, please, <laughs> yeah, li- listeners of you know if you know the one listener, ap- <laughs> apologize. I apologize. Please, that's nah, okay. Her mom doesn't know the order either. Now uh, she's like, "Are they talking about the devil?" He hides his soul again? inside of a frog. Inside of a, it might be a frog. I I think I'm totally wrong on the frog. Inside of a frog, inside of a duck, inside of a goat, inside of a tree. So he hides in a turducken. Turducken? <laughs> Basically, he, he just wraps it up in a turducken inside of a goat <laughs> in a it. hole in a tree off of the you know far eastern coast on an island at the edge of the world. Gross. And so that's where he keeps his soul. And eventually, after you know hundreds of years of his misadventures being basically uh Genghis Khan yeah. um he's just fucking shit up he gets tricked uh by a magical clone of himself into telling the clone where his soul is being kept and then a duck overhears it flies <laughs> off <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> a duck overhears it, flies off. Sounded very mighty. Duck Python turns now. out to be um, one of Baba Yaga's children. Of course. Baba Yaga gets a hold of the news. She goes, gets his soul. And now um, Koshai the Deathless is a. It's it's a, He's an assassin for Baba Yaga. Oh, well, that could be fun. Right. And he, <laughs> he goes off. Killing people left and right, small children, women. He doesn't give a shit. It doesn't matter to him. He's oh my killed. God. I he's totally killed everybody. Forgot about that. The whole children thing. Yeah, that they showed the fucking the oh, children yeah. hanging up by meat oh, hooks. Yeah, Baba Yaga's fucking ruthless. Oh uh, yeah. I totally yeah, forgot yeah, about yeah. that until he said that. I'm like, I remember That's sitting right, there just like, oh my god. I, he's like, that. Yeah. He's like these kids' hands. Yeah, she is ruthless. She, yeah, she is Gosh. something else. Jesus. Yeah, so uh, eventually um, Baba Yaga sends Koshai the Deathless to kill a uh, kill a little girl that had wronged her in some way, on some unspecified way. He goes and finds out that basically she's got a little bit of Baba Yaga's power. She can't be killed. So Koshai, like he tries to kill her, discovers this because he tries to kill her. Next morning, she comes back to life, tries to kill her. Next morning, she comes back to life. And he's just haunted by how many times he has to try to kill this little girl because it's already kind of fucking him up. He's killing this little girl. And he did it over and over again so many times that he just breaks down and he's like, fuck this. And he just goes back to his his cave dwelling that he had from some time ago. And he just posts up in there, and he just lets the dust collect on him. Doesn't ever go back to Baba Yaga until Baba Yaga comes and finds him for the sole purpose of killing Hellboy because she's pissed that she only has one eye. So 
That's the long form version of that's that. That's the long that form two of that two-minute two <laughs> cutscene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you know exactly who it is. It's not going to be Cronin or whatever that now, German dude. Did any Nazi of these is. comics it's, take place it's like Koshai. back around World War Two? Well, I, I uh, as far as what I, I the only bit of backstory besides the movies, I know. No, no, it's it is what you do know. A like. I essentially, like the device of Hellboy, like when it goes from, because I know like most of it was written by Mike Mignola, but if it's not written by him, usually people play around with like the back when time frame, because it kind of like it's the best way to know that you can just do whatever you want with the character. And you're like, yeah, it happened in like 1950 something, you know? So, right. like, doesn't he, like, I mean, he's globe, He's a globe-trotting paranormal agent, so he gets to do right. all sorts of shit all exactly. the time. He gets to do whatever he wants, and, um, I mean, that's, Mike, Mike Mignola, when he started uh, with Hellboy, he never had any plans on, on what direction it was going to go, where it was, where he was going to take it. He didn't know if it was going to be this super continuous, uh, you know, series of short stories like every other, you know, comic book around where you could just go on this cyclical adventure that never ends. Um, or if it was going to come to an end. Lucky enough um, for us comic book fans, it does come to an end, which makes it unique in its own right. Um, it, it, it doesn't cheapen the effect of whatever he's done with the character by letting it happen a thousand times. Right. Which I really appreciate. Yeah, it's always uh, better like to that. end it early and out yeah. with like on a high note. Yeah, but luckily, um, when he started Hellboy, he started the project as a a team. It was almost going to be a paranormal detective agency team, Fantastic Four style. Right, uh, there was going to be you know, five of them, but besides the point. Um, so he. He really he couldn't figure out the best way to make the dynamic work, and he just kept coming back to this Hellboy character. And he said himself he would have never named it Hellboy if he had known he was going to get this big because he just <laughs> thinks it's a corny name, but <laughs> which I think is awesome. But uh, now that Hellboy has ended, like he he comes to the end of his story when he finally gets dragged down to hell like right that's it he's he's done he's in hell he does go on some misadventures in hell which i heard that run right. is super awesome. yeah and hellboy in hell is a fantastic read that's it's fun he goes on these crazy misadventures um discovers a lot about himself um which i think is interesting because it goes back to that kind of introspective nature that hellboy has um and then you get the the BPRD offshoots where you get that team dynamic that he was hoping for in the beginning because yeah. now these characters have developed and you've gotten to know these characters and they're interesting and they have their stories now. And now he can, he basically just used Hellboy as a platform to develop these characters to make the BPRD. So they were an after, like not maybe not an afterthought, but they weren't even like in the original, like really like, main run of Hellboy. Right now. I mean, they're... And they're, that's all we've seen in the movies is the BPRD right. and Hellboy. Right. I mean, the, the BPRD was... Um, I mean, it was around before Hellboy, kind right. of. Like, not 
in the sense that it was made up. Well, I mean, they kind of like a shield. Well, right, because they kind of allude to that. Because his, I mean, in this this movie, his father's there right. with a specific mission to kill this creature right. from whoever. Like maybe it right. wasn't called the BPRD, but it was an iteration. Right, right, exactly. It was uh, a paranormal research group. Right. Um, which they they didn't even know what they were out there looking for. Right. They just knew that. Um, Something bad's happening. The, the Nazis <laughs> were working on something. It was called Project Ragnarok. So they had an idea that it was some end timey fucking thing, which is, you know, what Hitler was doing at the time. He was doing a bunch of research into how he could just, you know, if he wasn't going to win the war, fuck it, I'll just end the world. Right. So Looking for that the was the right. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's kind of right. crazy to think of like what World War Two has brought about. Like, I mean, that was the beginning of Captain right. America comics. Right. It it brings these it things are based off of that. This ultimate worldwide bad guy I, that everyone I, I actually wouldn't have minded if this has been kind of more of a period piece maybe taking place a little like maybe a decade after world war ii but like i think hellboy would have been a cool character for like you know back in the 40s 50s era right. like this would have been kind of cool as a period piece i think right i think it would have been really interesting maybe too. and that maybe they could have done something better with the budget too with that i don't, I don't, I don't maybe. know maybe, maybe. <laughs> i don't know it's just yeah so i mean there there's a bunch of aspects that Basically, this whole digression uh, came about. I was just talking about the little snippet of origin story that they had um, in this new movie that I think was just over the top. Yeah. Well, I think part of the danger too is like, well, we don't want to repeat what the first two movies did, so we got to go a different route. Right. So they they changed it up a little bit. They touched on it. They introduced a, a... not even a secondary character, but a tertiary character that didn't need to be there. As fun as Lobster Johnson is, and as important to Hellboy that Lobster Johnson is, it wasn't necessary for him to be in this movie. Save it, it for the sequel. It was too much. Introduce him in too the after It was just one more extra character that took away from the development of Hellboy himself. Like, we don't, get to know Hellboy as a character by the time the movie ends you're still like okay there's this crotchety fucking red guy with a big hammer fist yeah and he's got a dilemma he's part human part part demon I got that far but who the fuck is he? Yeah, they actually sh- kind of showed his mom and the demon yeah. conceived in this one <laughs> yeah like, and, you know, <laughs> and you know what I one of the things like one of my big complaints about this movie is they told his backstory in flashbacks, and I hate that. Oh, <laughs> this movie had a so lot of flashbacks. So many flashbacks. A lot of flashbacks. Like every like, time they they introduced something or someone flashback. new, they were like flashback. Flashback. I know. It's just like we're gonna introduce yeah. the character instead of explaining as the it, movie goes on why it's right. important. We're just gonna do a flashback, and then you can see. Why you should care. Well, like, right. You know, like, still how about, child, how about if half of your movie yeah. is going to be a flashback, make two fucking movies. Yeah. Or properly Done. write character <laughs> development. Or, or that. I mean, pick I mean, one. Sorry. But Better writing altogether. It, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like we should kind of move into like, like what I guess like going through our likes, our dislikes, and then. Yeah, we got to start okay. wrapping this up okay. here soon. <laughs> All right. That's, that's fair. I, there was a. a a digression. A digression. That, that was Into the me. hardcore lore of yeah. Hellboy. Yeah, well, it's cool, because I'm. Mean, this, this is all stuff I just never knew about. Like, I just don't know anything about these comics, really. 
Yeah, right. and so I mean, it's, cool. it's, it's nice it's, to have somebody here that really knows fun. what they're talking about. At least he's it's, passionate. Yeah, it's exactly. not the passion. It's a very fun well, it's like, series. It's like and how it draws I feel about from, Skywalker, you know? It, yeah. When you got passionate about something. It, it draws from so many different uh, lores and in so many different uh, so, well, aspects of culture. And it's just, I guess it's very well. Would you take uh, Del Toro or this new direction they've gone? I would take Del Toro Del 100%. Del Toro still and Ron um, Perlman or... Um, oh, that's a hard John. one. I David Harbor David, over David Harbor. Ron Perlman. I I loved Ron Perlman um, so much as Hellboy, but I almost I have almost convinced myself that it is um, because of the makeup and prosthesis. Because the makeup and prosthesis in this new one was shit. But yeah, David I mean, like, I don't Harbor know purposefully or not. Hellboy it. was a lot uglier in this one. Oh, so much <laughs> uglier! Like he's got yeah. a lot of expression. I, based on what I remember from Ron Perlman, I remember liking his character, but I gotta say, right. I really liked David in this role. Right, Ron Perlman brought a lot of expression to Hellboy that is lacking in the comic books. Yeah. Like he he's a a very non. Um, expressive character, and that just kind of plays into his kind of um, demeanor. Yeah, it plays into his demeanor. It just speaks a lot to his so, role. It was a it was a a device um, that was used that I think um, the Rob Ron Perlman Hellboy. I I would pick David Harbor as Hellboy over Ron Perlman, but I would pick it with Ron per- Perlman's. Makeup artist, makeup artist, <laughs> yeah. and, um, prosthesis. Well, right. How would yeah. how would you? So let's, let's talk the end real quick. Would you say great ending or rushed? Mm. Which which part of the ending? Because I did like which... when they're in that church area. So I like different parts of it. Like I really liked when he excuse me rose up out of the hole and he's got the horns and the fire crown in oh, between and the fire yeah. sword. Oh, yeah. That stuff was badass. That was super cool. I thought he was gonna have a little bit better showdown with the Blood Queen. Yeah, he did enter pretty good, but I still thought there was gonna be a little bit better showdown between them. Yeah, because there wasn't. They didn't actually really get a showdown. Because like when when he comes out yeah. of it, they show him coming out of the hole with the fire sword and stuff. Right, in the and you trees. just want to see like, him oh, fucking so use cool. it, don't you? Yeah, like he's he's got this yeah, flaming just, just crown and his shoulder horns and his yeah, his fucking flaming Excalibur. Like that's the coolest. Scene in movie history, in my opinion. I just, I love, <laughs> I, I'm that's my super biased Hellboy opinion, but I just, I love I mean, that look. Personally, Luke and his so hand much. cut off is mine. Uh, that's fair. That's just a classic, though. <laughs> I don't know. But I, so exciting to see that. Like, I, Dan was there with me when I saw it. I squeaked a little like a little girl. Because <laughs> yeah, you were like saying, you, you keep, you constantly say, you're just like, I like him with the horns and the flame crown, not with this shaved horns bull crap. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know it's, it's him in the books. He's got his shaved horns Wait, and everything oh too. God. But <sighs> something, sorry, something that I noticed when we were watching it is like in the scene when his dad was like helping him shave down his horns. Oh my you god. You could it see was it just so like move bad. super like you could see his horn so like bad. move around sounded... the prosthetics like a lot. Like it moved around like his head was made of rubber. Yeah, it <laughs> moved around so much they didn't even try to like zoom away from that or anything. Yeah, that and it sounds sounded like, Ed Wood like directing the file. right there. <laughs> yeah. 
It sounded like the file was hitting styrofoam, too. It did not sound like a horn. But his horn was moving all over the place. That's fine. It's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's fine. Fuck it. Whatever. (laughs) Nitpick me. That's Ed I don't even right think there. that's nitpicky because it was very obvious oh, that it looked like it was, it was just so bad. It looked like he might have actually like about to pop it off, like his yeah, head. like he's just wiggling it. around all over the place. That yeah. was so bad. Yeah, I, I mean, it's too bad. I mean, there oh, there's so much potential for this, but it was just so uh, meh. It's like every single time there was the opportunity for them to take this movie in a direction that could have made it successful, they were like. Nah, let's, fuck that. Let's write some hammy dialogue <laughs> and just you know go on right. to the next scene. Well, it was kind of like right. so instead of like setting up this like whole display of dominoes and then like hitting hitting it and just watching them all go around and oh. dump. It was like let's set up four dominoes, knock them over. Set up four more dominoes, knock them over. Yeah, you know that's actually yeah. a good way of saying it because I was telling Connor yeah, after we got rid. Or after we got rid of the movie. After we got out of the movie. <laughs> um, we got rid of it from our minds. Yeah, after we got out, I was just like, so it see, for me, it felt like it would go, 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 and it would drag for about 15 minutes, and then it would start building up momentum again, then it would drag for 15 more minutes. Yeah, there were, I did know, so I saw it today, and there was a couple drag scenes that were throughout, like, yeah. It, oh, a, I didn't check yeah. my watch ever, but uh, there was a couple signs, I did notice they get kind of slow here and there. Um, real quick, I'm just, we gotta start wrapping this up here. What, what was at least a big, your biggest surprise of this movie? What was kind of your biggest surprise, and then what was your standout moment? Standout moment. Um, I think my biggest surprise was um, it would have had to have been David Harbour and Mia Jovovich's chemistry. And I, I have a feeling that's going to be um, an unpopular opinion because I – from the podcast and the YouTube videos that I've listened to and watched, people did not like Mia Jovovich's performance in this, which I find surprising. They, they, yeah, they said I, it was, I've seen some things where people it, have trashed her. Yeah, they and said I'm it like, was over the was, top. She was, was going, bad. yeah, she was going for Romeo and Juliet, like some real Shakespearean shit, and it just didn't fit. But my opinion of her character was she was from another time, first of all, uh, locked in a uh, fucking chained box. For all of the other yeah, time, people, up until how would you then. feel like hundreds of years. pieces for <laughs> yeah, like fifteen hundred years? It was she was in that box. Like it makes sense that she'd be a little fucking weird and a little Shakespearean, yeah, and a little dramatic. She's a witch and an epic character and a super bad guy. So I think she did a wonderful job. Mia Jovovich was fantastic. David Harbour and Mia Jovovich in the end scene, the chemistry was amazing. I thought it was beautiful. Um, that was the only point in the movie I felt moved. Yeah, no, I think that was kind of my standout moment too. Was their chemistry, or their mm. excuse me, their uh, biggest surprise was how good their chemistry was. I'm yeah. kind of along the same lines of that. As far yeah. as standout moments go, I'm I'm trying to think what mine would have been. Um, honestly, I did as much as the CGI could have been better. I did like the giant slaying scene. I thought that was pretty cool. It was yeah. fun. It was a lot of fun. That and again, I that's, wish where, visually that's where it was things better, were picking up, and it was getting a lot of fun. I did like the scene where they betrayed him and started just stabbing him left and right. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty cool too. Yeah, but like, yeah, overall, I, the giant could, slaying stuff was cool. I could forgive the bad CGI if they had um, more interesting plot points, and right. they didn't. Int- if they weren't just throwing 
secondary characters at us left and right for yeah. no fucking reason. Plus like, they threw a Bebop. bunch of secondary characters that most of them died. So they're unusable characters. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, they were cannon fodder. They were story fodder and cannon fodder. And I, it hurts. It hurts my so, soul. What about you, Daniel? Yeah. The standout moment. Uh, honestly, like I said, as much as we bitched about the CGI, like that's what's kind of sad is the CGI was bad, but that giant fight scene was probably one of the more enjoyable scenes. <laughs> it was fun. Um, it my, was fun. They should have either leaned into I, I, that I, his or leaned joke into was the pretty, And you said you didn't need me or whatever. Yeah, so like <laughs> one-liners this yeah. game were pretty great. Uh, one of my, I'm just going to say my favorite one when he's talking to Baba Yaga and she's like, I will like, we'll erect a statue of you made by the bones of your enemies. And he's just like, I would take a shit ton of bones. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is like, it'll be a thousand stories tall. And he's like, that's a shitload of bones. Yeah. So, uh, so that, was that was funny. I, Here's kind of a surprise for me, too. Is I thought, like, he has the sword. He's going to go out and, like, start kicking ass. The people that are attacking the city start kicking their ass. Then everything just reverses and goes into the cracks and everything's fine. Right. Which is kind of a bummer that right. nothing happens with those. It's just like all these people get murdered, then the demons just get sucked back down. Right. And all those demons, that was one thing that stood out to me was um, when he was uh, flying over. Oh, oh, I can't remember the name of the fucking demon. Demon. The, the dragon Same. that he's flying on the back of when he's flying over. Um, a, you know, apocalyptic London. Uh, right. the, the I love river the visual of lava. Of that that visual was so cool. It was badass. That was fucking awesome. Between that and the demons that come out of hell, to the dude that just flails the dude over his sword arm and skins him raw. That fucking cool. Super right. into that. Like, if you could have taken that, like that was just one more of their things that they use to kind of justify their R rating. But if they would have leaned into that and leaned into the serious tone of the movie, I could have forgiven the bad CGI. If they wouldn't have thrown in all those secondary characters and tertiary characters and just leaned into the serious tone and the shit like that, the fucking epic scenes with demons and the dragon riding in the massive sword fights I I could have forgiven everything else. Okay. I could have forgiven bad CGI, bad writing. Just give me something epic to look at right. with a serious tone. Well, on that note, uh, let's grade this out here. So the way we grade things, we do a letter grade for overall like quality of movie, and then we do a scale of 1 to 10 for entertainment. So what would you give it for overall quality? Overall quality, accounting for all the factors. I, as much of a fan as I am I'm sad to say I would have to give it probably am I going like letter grades letter grades so yeah. what I'm doing how low do we go <laughs> A to F A to F just like A to F alright I'm gonna go d I'm gonna go flat D straight up D I'm gonna All go right. flat D dang yeah and what would you say entertainment wise though scale of 1 to 10 10 being the most entertaining you ever saw <sighs> Entertainment like wise, Star Wars Matrix at ten. <laughs> I, all right, all right. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's it's up a, to you. That's, a good, that's your, that's a your good own precedent. individual. That's a good precedent. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say, scale of one to ten, I would have to. I would have to put it pretty high. Um, 
Probably a seven or an eight, but I think that's um, – I'll, I'll go seven and a half. Seven probably and a half probably a half. just because of my fanhood of the from of the series. Okay. No, that's fair. Um, like I – I recognized Lobster Johnson when he came on screen. Um, I knew why he was there. I didn't appreciate it, but I knew why he was there. It's because they couldn't. See, for use, me, I was like, you know, "That's Sandman." Yeah, yeah, I didn't even like, realize until like we were talking about this earlier that that was the guy who played Sandman. Yeah, that's <laughs> Thomas yeah. Like I, as a fan, I, could I think appreciate. I've only ever seen him in Spider-Man Three and Sideways. But it's, yeah, sorry, continue. No, no that's good. Um, I, I, as a fan, can appreciate all of those introductions of the side characters. It was. It made it feel like a movie made for fans, but it was still too much. So, as a fan, I was very entertained. Like, I understood all the references. It made sense to me. So, I'd put it up higher on my scale. But as a moviegoer, it would be significantly less because it just wouldn't have made sense to me. And I get why people are so upset about this movie. Because it yeah. just... was it. 18 percent of Rotten Tomatoes or something. 15. Yeah, it wasn't quite that. I think low. it's like 15 right now. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, if but I like didn't 60 know, something with audiences. Oh, Dan's looking it up right now. If I didn't know as much as I as much as I do, like it, movie wouldn't make any. Oh sense. shit! It's 15 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's 15. It's yeah. last time I checked, it was like 20 some percent. Yeah, and that's Which, not good. When they didn't have reviews a week ago, I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no reviews. I mean, I, no I screenings. Would, I was like, oh crap. I would honestly watch it again. I mean, uh, now that I've seen it and I know how bad it is and how bad the CGI is, I can see it coming. And now I can kind of look for those Easter eggs. I mean, to be those, fair, nothing will be ever be as corny hint. as Batman and Robin. So, well, uh, well, they certainly fucking tried here, didn't they? Yeah, they sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is still way better than that. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least yeah. there's no Batman nipples. What killed You're the right. dinosaurs? The Ice Age! That's true. That was the whole movie, too. That was the whole movie. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, Daniel, what about you? Okay, um, as far as entertainment-wise, I'd probably have to give it a four or five. Five being generous. Just because, like, like I said, like for an average moviegoer, this was a slog. Like there wasn't anything for me to like touch and like, oh that character from this story and this is like from just a moviegoer who's only ever seen the Del Toro films I'm like this was a slog. I checked my watch a lot during this movie, which was sad because I was looking forward to it. Um, so I'd give it like entertainment wise like four or five. Uh, movie quality wise probably like yeah like around a. D minus F, like just it wasn't that great. Um, I would like we actually didn't mention this. We kind of glossed over a little, but the character of Alice, like the uh, the the girl who could commune with the dead, like talk and like, I thought she was really cool. I thought she had some cool moments in this. So we didn't mention that, but I thought she was very cool. And I hopefully like if <laughs> some grace of God they actually give this a sequel. Like that, she'd be a cool member of his established team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're hinting at the fish guy. Yeah, no, she Shabia. is. Uh, she is in the comic book. She's a regular character. She seemed. She seemed pretty cool, and yeah. I like. She's just a fun kind of goofy character, and then her yeah. power was fucking nuts. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. she she holds her own. She's she's pretty fantastic. Jordan, what do you think? Uh, well, for me, yeah, I'm gonna say, you know, had some entertaining parts. Love david in this role it was really cool i thought he did the 
world justice overall. But yeah, um, as far as overall movie quality goes, I'm going to kind of around there with you guys. I'm going to say C minus. So, all right. All right. Every, a little bit above what you guys are talking about, but I don't know, because I was still entertained a lot. Like, there's still entertaining yeah. bits to it. Oh, we didn't even cover the score. All right. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, that's a whole other <laughs> tangent. Maybe we should make a part two or part three to this. <laughs> just to, all right. I'll just get Sorry, it out there real quick. Oh, it was just, it was choppy. It was so choppy. Right. They didn't fade in or out properly at any time during the movie. Yeah. It was just like, music, no music. Music, no music. And none of it fit the mood. No. That, all right, that was the point I wanted to I'm going to say, as someone who saw Dumbo last week, Dumbo had a way better score. I actually loved the oh, Dumbo score. Agreed. It's a, like, orchestra, too. Agreed. Jesus. It's Danny Elfman. Yeah. I mean, he's just amazing to this day to me. Yeah. But, yeah. So, as far as entertainment goes, I'm going to say there's a lot of parts that still entertain me. I checked my watch a couple times, but I don't know. I'm going to say overall a straight seven, maybe. Okay. C minus right. of a movie because the story could have just been way better. Uh, but still has some entertaining parts to it, some good visuals, especially like when he's talking to the skeleton lady with the oh, tits that are down Bob, to her knees. Baba Yaga. Yeah, that yep. lady. And yeah. she's, oh God, she's such an interesting and dynamic character. So too. there there seems like that stood out. So as far as entertainment goes, I'll give it a seven. But yeah, overall, disappointed. Wanted better, disappointed though. All right. Yeah. So. All right, well, yeah, I guess that about wraps it up here for 2019's Hellboy. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. like, hell no. Thank you for coming. No, (laughs) it was fun having you. Like, I'd like to have you again if you'd like to be a part of the show. Yeah, I would love to. Maybe we'll have you back here in a couple uh, weeks to talk some Adventures Endgame. First podcast guest appearance. It was very exciting. Put that on your resume. This has been fun, though. (laughs) It's just fun to just hang out and just... Talk movies, you know, talk star, yeah. talking Star Wars, yeah, and just exciting. having some beers and sushi like we've been eating. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Hell yeah! Good All shit. right, well, um, Good shit, Mike. is there Good shit. anybody you know? In case people want to get a hold of you and talk to you about Hellboy, is there anywhere some people can reach you? Um, I'm not asking you to God. give extra number. You can just <laughs> no, uh, I guess Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a website or anything, but uh, my Instagram, I guess, um, Kerner. <laughs> it's uh, K-E-R-N-N-E-R-R-R, Kerner, which is... Um, Thank God it's memorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, yeah you hear uh, that, people? If you um, want to talk some more Hellboy yeah. with... Yeah feel, free to, yeah, feel free to hit me up. Um, Connor on Kerner. It's not going to look like I'm a Hellboy fan on that Instagram. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Just, it's all right. so random. That's the only one I feel comfortable giving out, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's okay. That's all right. All right, Daniel, why don't you to let everybody know where they can find us? Well, you can find us online on Instagram and Twitter, movies underscore Bruce. Let us know what you thought of Hellboy. Loved it. Hated it. You think we all need Jesus? Let us know. And uh, let us know <laughs> what you're looking for. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> let us know. Uh what you're looking forward to seeing? I mean, we're all looking forward to Endgame. Count down the days. The days are counting down. Yeah, I think Ooh. in the next week or so, to, in between then, we'll be talking uh, Missing Link. I think that might be our next one. Maybe so. maybe we'll do a Dumbo episode. We, we kind of skipped over Dumbo, but it sounds like we both, we both saw it, so maybe we'll do some Dumbo. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out, though. But yes, what are we, 10 days away from Endgame? 
Hell yeah, I took the whole day off. Hell yeah. <laughs> I also took the day off. Man, it's going to be <laughs> awesome. But yeah, we'll be back here in a couple weeks talking Endgame. All right, well, thanks everyone for listening. Appreciate it. Thanks for sharing the podcast with other people. And thanks for all the good reviews. Ciao. <laughs> no, we say cheers here, yeah. buddy. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, all right, cheers. All right. <laughs> School. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers! cheers.